back into the Dogs Basketball Podcast again. No fight song to deliver today as we took another close defeat. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch as always. Noah's another, again, it's one of those games where we end up talking about it the next time that, you know, the uh, chances were there and gave yourself chances and the fact that, you know, you waste possessions and we'll get into all of this stuff, but it's another disappointing loss. Yeah, another another tough one to swallow because uh, you're and we're basically here again talking about the same things every time that's causing these um, lo- close losses. So uh, we need still need to find that adjustment, what we need to make, and uh, hopefully we can do that with a probably a quick day today because you got a quick turnaround in tomorrow night. Yeah, I think that especially when you know that these Valley games are going to be utter dogfights every single time, that uh, having three in five days you know, does us really no favors, but it's part of it. Obviously, COVID's played a factor to move uh, tomorrow's game against Drake, who we will preview. Uh, obviously, that got moved back to the end of this month. So, yeah, it, it was at one point loss, even though we know at the very end, uh, Atlanta had a court shot to make it a one-point loss. And they lost by four, though. Uh, like I said, we'll jump into it. You and I played really, really well. And like I said, we, we had more of these opportunities in these games to uh, – usually it's either we have a lead and blow it or uh, even Missouri State was kind of like that where we were down and we work our way back. That's kind of how this game was. Uh, it was a fun one last night. But like I said, we'll jump into it. Noah, let's kick off with some news that literally came out barely an hour ago. They gave us some good information. We know Foster Wonders is redshirting this year, and he got a chance to talk to Mike, didn't he? Yeah, he got a really good chance. It's uh, him and Scotty are both um, redshirting, which everybody knew, which nobody had confirmed yet, but we do know now, uh, confirmed by the guy himself, that he'll be redshirting. And they talked about, uh, yes, if it was a shock to him that once he got here, if he, he'd be able to play at this level and uh, – he just really talked about coming from a small school he came from. He never knew that he would have the opportunity to play at this kind of level and uh, the adjustments he had to make. It was a uh, it was hard for him to accept at first, but he realizes it's the best for his future. Yeah, we're glad. You know, we obviously respect that he was really well spoken as we talked about with Cade. Uh, Foster seems like a bright young man. The fact that he would even and obviously he would admit it because it, it does seem that way. We talked about it. You know, his competition was at a lower level over there. We figured coming to this, and it wouldn't have been a shock to us if he did redshirt, and the fact that he did, except the fact that, yeah, that was the case. No one, you know, the competition he played there, that would be a whole new ball game here. But he said that he's obviously had the support from his teammates and his coaches to make the transition of doing it, because, yeah, obviously nobody wants to redshirt, but then you understand the reasoning that it could be uh, better off for yourself, and he admitted that, that he's had uh, the... Uh, like I said, support from the coaches and his teammates. And it's been a smooth process to this point. Uh, we remember hearing Noah Bryan talking about him, you know, probably a couple of weeks ago, that's saying how good Foster and Scotty are doing, you know, in terms of doing everything they're supposed to, probably obviously in the classroom uh, and practices and just, you know, bettering themselves. And obviously they're staying active on the bench uh, during games as well. We, we've seen before, obviously, guys sitting at whether they're transfers or they're freshmen that, Obviously, you know, Ben Harvey, even back to Marcus Bartley and Gooch and guys that we remember sitting out, like I said, for different reasons. But the fact that they sit out, it usually benefits them after the fact. And knowing that these guys are freshmen definitely would benefit them, uh, we're hoping, and he thinks that as well. Uh, and he also talked about what, that uh, he's enjoyed his time. He loves the university. He said he's doing sports administration degree. Uh, he wants to get into business, though, I believe. And that he, you know, like I said, yeah, loves the campus, loves the university, has had a good time. Uh, what else? And they talked about uh, how they, you know, his name. Obviously, he's got one of the best names in college basketball for sure. That his teammates kind of give him flag for, don't they? Yeah, they they uh, really joke with him. He says he's got a bunch of jokes on the team. They have fun with it, and uh, believe Mike has asked if he's had one that he's heard that he hasn't liked yet, and uh, or asked uh, one that he can think of that he hadn't heard yet, and Mike gave him a couple. Um, so, uh, yeah, really well-spoken kid. Uh, he says he hadn't heard one that he hadn't, that he's hated a lot, but, uh, they call him Fosty, like Frosty, I guess. And, uh, they call him some other stuff. So, uh, they have fun with it. They have really good teammates. They get along like a family. So 
um, pretty cool perspective uh, finally getting to hear from Foster Wonders. Yeah, I think he said uh, Wonder Bread, they call him as well, which is funny. Uh, but yeah, even he said, you, you're right, with the uh, chemistry and the friendships that he's able to have. And he knew coming that he was going to sit regardless, it seemed like, because he knew there were veterans on this team that he would have to sit behind. And, uh, we do. We, and we, we yeah, like I said, thought from the very beginning it was best for him, and he agreed. So it was great to hear from him. Like I said, very well-spoken, really good guy. He will make uh, strides one day for this team. We uh, we definitely believe that. And even hopefully we hear from Scotty at some point soon. I think that's definitely on track at some point. So that was great. Now, no, before we get into the game and a look ahead, obviously, to tomorrow, we wanted to look at how Kate Hornacker's done. Yeah, him and the Armorillo, Armorillo Sandys have improved to 19-6. and have won three in a row. Um, 1-0 in district play right now. So they're starting district play. Um, only uh, winding down his senior season, so it's probably went a lot faster than he's wanted to, but I'm sure he's enjoying it, and they're winning, some, they're winning some a lot of ball games. So uh, they know their biggest goal is to win a uh, state title down there in Texas. So um, they're continuing to look better and better as they go. Yeah, do you have anything from him stat-related? I have not seen anything. The uh, last couple weeks I've been uh, – Looking at some things, uh, he scored 16 points in a win last week, so uh, he's averaging double digits, I'd say. Oh, for sure, because we heard him even talk about the impact that he has to have on his team. Uh, that is good update. Yeah, I'm sure in Texas he plays. He says, even he said back in the day or back in the past in his interview, that it's definitely a football state, but um, definitely got good basketball players over there too. So, yeah, he's trudging his way. You're right, only like nine or so games left. Feels like these high school seasons are – uh, flying by, but he's had a lot of neutral side games, it seems like, and undefeated at home and all that stuff, yeah, so uh, he's definitely been clawing his way and can't wait to have him again, so we'll keep updating until his season is finished. Uh, so there's on the, hopefully our future, on Foster and Cade, obviously, uh, getting updates on them, so now, no, let's step into this game. It was a fun, uh, you know, being there, they had towels for the students, the student section showed out, uh, the fans, it was just pretty good. I, w- I would like to know the capacity. I didn't get to see it on anything. We haven't actually done that in a while to either predict the uh, the capacity or the uh, the attendance or anything, but I'm sure it was decent. 4,609. There it is. So, and it you know almost fits about double that, but it, it was a good crowd uh, for people that showed up. I'm sure they enjoyed it. It was a heck of a game, Noah. So let's jump into this one-point loss, uh, heartbreaking loss. It was definitely... One full of everything, like we said, that we've been dealing with in terms of not finishing games and other other stuff, too. So, jumping into it, Noah, the, the biggest shock of this, I guess not really, because we knew Northern Iowa was a decent uh, defensive team as well coming in. You know, they've turned their whole season around in every aspect, and we obviously take pride in our defense as well. Noah, there had there was no points until the first media, or it was 2 nothing at the first media timeout. It was via Noah Carter, who dominated in this game. As we kind of predicted, and I honestly had a feeling he was going to, he got an and one, but missed the free throw. So 2 nothing, and it was 2 nothing though, all the way until Marcus gave us the layup at 15-23. So not a whole lot of offense to start out with. Yeah, it's just one of those things we've struggled a lot with. Um, getting started, getting your offense kick-started early in games this year, and luckily our defense played decent enough, and they struggled a little bit to get going. Uh, did a pretty good job. Pretty good job on A.J. Green from the start. Uh, he missed some, missed some jumpers right away. So, uh, yeah, it, it was just a really rough start um, to a really bad half overall. It was pretty much a pathetic half, not scoring in the first five minutes. Then uh, jumping into it, uh, finishing the last five minutes scoreless. So, ten minutes, ten minutes of the ha- first half, we did not score a bucket. So, um, that's been part of our problem this year. It's – Watching our offense sometimes is really tough to watch. Um, we go scoreless during key parts of the games where we can't do that against really good teams like this. So, uh, yeah, looking at that, um, we were, like you said, Marcus got us going. Um, then uh, Ben Coupette hit a three to give us a five to four lead. And from there, it went kind of back and forth. Seemed like every time we grabbed the lead throughout this game, that they managed to. Uh matches because you said as soon as Cash hit that three that Bowen Bourne had a layup, he looked good the other night as well. And it seemed like they only had a couple guys beat them. Uh, 
even going back to even the stretch where it was two nothing the whole way, it was a lot of clunkers, a lot of opportunities. And Lance had a push off foul again. He had a pivotal one at the end of the game. Um, and then uh, even once like him missing a layup off a of steal, JD offensive re- rebound like he has been doing, and Marcus missed a three and stuff. And you said AJ definitely struggled as he did. Noah Austin five got in this game early, right out of the first uh, TV timeout. And we'll get to him in a second. He had a layup kind of off a broken play that kind of got tipped to him for a layup that was about as easy as it gets. Um, but then Kyler matched him on the other end. Kyler got active so far in this in the game. And then as soon as Marcus made one here, Noah, A.J. Green finally got on the board with his own three. And uh, he kind of broke off after that. Cash, though, got us going for sure. He, Whenever we were down by three, he cut up the two with his own layup. And then A.J. Noah got... Uh, the benefit of the doubt on a th- on a foul three, and he made all of his free throws. We know he's a great free throw shooter. Uh, what would he say? He was at least in the 80%, I think high 80s percentage-wise going into this game. And then Stevens uh, kicked off right where he left off. Missouri State with a three that gave us a uh, – or made us down by one. Dalton had a layup. So pretty much all throughout this, no, and there was, and there were stints. Obviously, there's some turnovers in here that uh, – uh, definitely stymied us a little bit, that, but we were keeping it close. So obviously we thought we weren't playing our best ball. Lance had a three here that gave us the two-point lead. And then Antoine Kimmins had a layup. So like I said, there's only a couple guys that beat us in this game. Even guys like Kimmins didn't have a true impact at one point. But for how got on the board, Noah, he, as we know, we mentioned at the pre that he dominates us. He'll slop up threes even going back three years ago. Uh, so he made a layup right before a three right before the uh, under eight, <clears throat> but then Troy had a layup right after that, a nice layup. But then no, it looked like they they definitely got away from us after that to the end of the half. Yeah, it was another one. Once that uh, about five minutes left, like I said, we didn't score in the first five minutes and didn't score in the last five minutes. Um, we didn't. We had ended up with uh, six turnovers in the first half. Uh, only got to the line three times. Only made one of them though. Um, didn't shoot too poorly. We shot 47.6% from the field and 41% from three. That's five of 12 from three. That's not too bad. Uh, that's what we've been relying on recently, three balls that keep us in games, and that was another factor last night. But, uh, yeah, their their defense, their pack line defense, we know it's always good. It, it took away a lot of the things that we've had success with so far in Valley play, the backdoor cuts, uh, uh, takes away driving lanes, so uh, it took a lot of that, and we did not adjust well. Um, yeah, Cash led us at half, eight points. Then we followed by Marcus. Um, they combined for 13, and they had a couple other guys chip in. But, uh, yeah, really poor first half. It was probably the worst defensive first half I've seen or, f- or half all year long, so just really pathetic for first half. Yeah, for sure. Being down 10 and even going back, or you said the pack line defense, them throwing the five guards <clears throat> at us, I think, threw us off, even though we kind of hopefully expected it. Um, you know, they got after it. They kind of surprised me with how good of a defense that they showed, even though we knew they were, you know, quality demons. Like I said, they stepped up every part of their game through as their season has gone on. But as soon as Cash hit a three here to tie it at 25 at 620, and then Noah Carter, who had – Four straight points on his own. Nate Heisey got a three. So next thing you know, we're down by five. Uh, Troy missed a free throw. Um, or one, he went one of two from the free throw line. So we're up by, we're down by four. Five had another layup. Five met Hata, or he had an am one, but he had a lot of missed opportunities. We honestly should have lost by more and been down by more uh, in the first half and even the second. He had a lot of easy looks at the rim that he missed. Um, so we were down by seven after he completed the am one. And then that's pretty much, I don't think we scored again after that. After Fife's uh, and one, and pretty much no team scored until <clears throat> A.J. Green hit a three to, to make us down by 10. So, so yeah, it was definitely, I would agree, it was probably just, it was our weirdest half. I don't know, because obviously the slow start, and then we kept it tied for forever. And then, yeah, you said 10 minutes of first five and bottom five, where it kind of just got out of hand. And, yeah, you, you mentioned the box score at that point uh, and who was leading us. Um, who who else made an impact here? Lance went one of five. That killed us. He had his four threes. He made one, but we know he shoots others, and we've been talking about it for a long time now. His uh, you know, uh, quality of shots are, is not good or are not good. Troy had those three. Kyler didn't do much after he scored. Dalton had that one layup. 
and then JD hasn't been scoring, but he rebounded six times. So no, let's flip flop to the team stats. We were getting out rebounded by seven, which is not great. We allowed five offensive rebounds, which I'm pretty sure obviously that there's multiple things that go into losses. That has to be one as well, along with things we'll get to at the end of the game here. But they shot 40, 54% and four of 11 from three. So our defense, you know, obviously, we, like I said, we take pride in it, but it was not quality at that point. Um, they're about, and we out, and we had one more turnover than 11 combined for the two teams. So, um, and they had one more steal. We had three, we had three more assists though with eight. So, yeah, I agree. It was a, it was a rough first half, but no, we, we definitely took control of the second half in terms of, you know, their shooting percentages and, uh, and everything. So how this first half or second half kick off. Yeah. After a turnover by Marcus and a missed three by Burhow, um, Lane started to get going, got to line. Like I've been saying, he needs to all year to see maybe the ball go in as a shooter. Um, you always say you never want to get a shooter to the line. Let let him see that ball go in. And that really kind of got him going to start the first stretch of the second half. And uh, we started to chip away a little bit at that 10-point lead. Yeah, and Lance, he definitely showed better free throw shooting in this game uh, prior to what, you know, obviously he was not shooting well before this game. And even Taiwan Picker, we mentioned, you know, he got going – and like I said, a lot of their guys barely scored any. It was just led by a couple guys, but here and there they did. But yeah, Lance had his own. He he kicked off the second half hard with those free throws. He had a layup, uh, or he finished an and one to get those five points. Heisey got fouled, made a couple free throws that were down by down by nine. Then AJ hit a huge three, and this is where we thought honestly we were sinking, even though it was early. It was near the under, or whatever. It was around the under eighteen or under sixteen. And he, uh, he had a huge – I want to see how far it was. It doesn't say, but it was one – it was about 35 feet, it seemed like. He just he just said, screw it in the possession and just pulled up and made it. So down by 12, uh, then Lance matched him out of the timeout, cut it to 11, and then Burhau kind of made the same kind of shot in the corner. Uh, they cut it to 12. Marcus made a couple free throws. Uh, Lance went one for two at the line. Yeah, like you said, that's, when he's at his best, when he's penetrating and doing, but he had a – a bad uh, instance here in the second half down the stretch. Dalton made that three. No, at this point, that's when we cut it to six. The crowd definitely got going after uh, Steven found Dalton on a fast break in the corner, which was a huge shot. And Anthony had some defensive rebounds. I wanted to mention when he did finally play, he got in, I think, at the end of the first half or so. But he made an impact defensively here in the second half. They had the, uh, Titan Anderson, that freshman, try to – tried a lot to uh, to score in the paint. Anthony wasn't having any. He blocked him once, and he had some good contests. So that saved a couple possessions and a couple points on their end. Um, so we were fighting. Marcus had a layup. We cut it to four, and then that's when the TV timeout hit Noah. Nate Heisey went one for two at the free throw line, and, how, and, and what happened after that? Yeah, it, it was really a difference in the first or in the second half, start from the get-go, because you um, really seen the emphasis on attacking that pack line defense, and they were starting to – rack up some fouls so it'd be we got some easier baskets to get us back in this ball game so it was a big time um after those missed after he went one from two from the line um Dalton got fouled it looks like then uh AJ Green got a good layup out of that that extended it back to six right under the um tw the second media timeout they were back up six um then he got a it was an and one so we put him back up seven then Lance missed a three, then followed by another missed three by Noah Carter, who went 0 for 5 of the night, struggled from struggled from three, but he got everything else he wanted. Um, then Marcus started to get going a little bit, put it down by five. It was back and forth from then. Then we started really – our comeback started right around the eight-minute mark. We cut it to four. Bink or Cash Coupet hit a three to get us going again. Then a steal by Anthony. Um, got us back to that. Then Cash got fouled. Hit one of two free throws by three, and it was really back and forth by then. Yeah, we went on that 8-0 run at that one point, and even uh, Marcus had a three before Cash cut it to four, um, I, and AJ had a couple free throws in between that. But uh, And I want to say Marcus, because Marcus is the one who found AJ. Uh, again, a kind of off defensive performance for Marcus. I'm hoping that he, obviously, because, I mean, he, he did better – offensively and we'll get some quotes from Brian on how they wanted to get Marcus more involved in this game for sure with their five guard set and he did get involved but his defense still isn't there 
matching either when he is good on offense or bad on offense. So it gets beat, gets beat back door. And AJ did get a couple fouls go his way in this one, but we talked that that's just player he is if he's able to draw him and he takes advantage of him. And he obviously he works on his free throws. He's almost 90%. So he knows what he's doing in that regard. Uh, but yeah, Marcus did have that three. And I think it was late in the possession uh, about, you know, 15 seconds came off the clock. He realized he just pulled up and made it. And then, yeah, Cash had that one. And then you mentioned the free throws. Cash has been pretty reliable at the free throw line this year. Uh, could have cut it to two, but he kept it to three after he missed the one. And then, yeah, it was after these. Cash had a turnover after we uh, benefited off an AJ slopped up three. So we're down by three, and then we have a possession like that. You have the six and a half mark. Yeah, where well, we should capitalize. Bowen stole it from Cash. Noah Carter, who... You know, I don't think he shot very well from three in this game. We'll have to look at the stats. But he got everything he wanted in the paint. So he missed one, had another chance. And that's when we tied it at 55. Noah Lance got a rebound, kicked it down, wasted a lot. It was near the end of the shot clock, I believe. And Marcus made that three. But then he also, then on the other end, fouled Noah Carter. He got some points on the free throw line. So it's like that. You go down, you, you need, especially after you get points, you need to be able to get a stop. And that's where, you know, I don't think we saw their uh, – after that, but okay, we did cut the lead after or we took the lead again after Noah Carter made those free throws. Lance had a three, and we were up by one. Noah Carter then made an easy jumper. Uh, he got every switch that he wanted as well. Dalton got on him at times. Uh, just bad matchups, and we wanted to talk about those matchups. And we switch a lot, but at times, whenever you don't need the switch, because if you get Marcus on AJ or you get a, a you know a guy like Dalton on Burhauer on Noah Carter that you need to just not switch that stay where you're at unless you just have to switch which a lot of those they don't have to switch they need to you know communicate with that and that needs to be within the staff that you know obviously when the bad matchups that they want don't let them get them and just stay with your man but it is what it is and then AJ made or Noah Carter made another jumper they're up by three at this point about a little less than four minutes before the TV timeout and then Marcus missed his one free throw Obviously, he missed it, or he went one for two at the line, pivotal. It was really quiet in the arena whenever the guys would shoot free throws, too, so that's unfortunate. Noah Carter had another layup. He went on his own little 6-0 run, it seemed like. Then we had no points for a long time, Noah, until Heisey made one of two free throws uh, because we had a Lance turnover. He tried to – well, he did a couple things. It doesn't say it yet. He had a push-off on Bowen Bourne when he was trying to penetrate, and there was one, Noah, where he tried to commit the foul, of course, and then kind of like forced it up trying to get to the free throw line. And that wasted possession. That was pretty early. So it's unfortunate, like I said, until Marcus made a layup and cut it to three at the 110 mark. How'd this game finish out? Yeah, it cut us to three. Then we got a good defensive possession. AJ had to force up a three at the end of the shot clock. Um, then we took a 30-second timeout to draw up something. Um, got two really good looks. Dalton Banks got one. Then we got Steven with the offensive rebound. Kicked out to Cash at the top of the key. Um, two very good looks, just couldn't get him to fall. Um, then we had to foul one of the best free throw shooter in the Valley, and uh, he iced it from there almost. Yeah, he made – or he missed – he went one for two, which then kept it at four, and then Lance with ease went down and had a layup. <clears throat> and then we called a timeout after that, and then we, of course, yeah, we couldn't foul anybody else but AJ. He went four for four at the very end here. Uh, made it a four-point game again. Marcus had another layup, so three seconds, and then we fouled AJ again. And then about one second left, of course, he goes down, makes them both. Then, of course, you're saying, well, we had no timeouts, four-point lead. Casually get it the half-court line, and Lance just drains it. And it's like, of course, I remember standing up just saying, like, like you got to be kidding me. Like, obviously, they're not going to contest that. If he would have missed one, we would have got put in a bad spot. Wouldn't have been able to probably get a shot off at all. But, of course, he's going to make him to put you in that joint. And then, of course, Lance, uncontested, makes it. It was heartbreaking because we talked about the way we've been able or inability to finish games that we can't, uh, you know, waste possessions whenever they're called for in certain moments when you, you get a stop finally or if, if getting a stop after you make a shot, vice versa. You know, there's multiple things about a basketball game that rely on you to finish games when you tie it, but you let up, let them go down and score again. Those defensive stops – just the intertwinement of everything that happened in this game. The referees, again, were not great, gave both teams the benefit of the doubt, but there were a lot of boos last night for a lot of questionable calls. Even Brian looked more upset over there talking to them like I've ever seen him since his time here. So it was just one of those games, you know, even um, 
obviously like yeah they capitalize off of the the ability to draw those fouls uh, and you could say yeah like we talked about earlier with us with our inability to make our free throws in key times so it's a little bit of everything but knowing that we don't play quality basketball and I bet if you asked Ben Jacobson he'd said that they didn't play a great game either obviously so um it just it, it stinks no it stinks obviously losing this close again knowing that we know like we said and this was at home we, we like our chance against anybody at home but the fact that uh the fact that we know we can beat anybody because we're playing in these games in in weird ways that we don't play well at all but we turn the other team over and do stuff like that that we take pride in that we do well though it just stinks that we're not able to finish them out yeah, it's it's been our it's been our Achilles heel all year not being able to finish ball games, and knowing you can beat anybody in the valley, and you have the you have the guys to do it, you have the team to do it, and it's just the key things we keep mentioning over and over again. Um, only pl- I, playing, I think Brian Mullen said it. Only playing twenty minutes of good basketball is not going to win you any any game, especially against good teams, and uh, that's what we did last night, and that's not going to win any other. I don't care who you're playing. You're not going to win very many ball games in the Valley. Um, probably not any. So, yeah, I thought overall defensively in the second half um, played a lot better. I think we held them to like 11% from three. Um, had some bad pose- bad defense possessions. But overall, then offensively, I thought we did a good job. I got some paint touch decisions. been big key for this team. We have guys creating for other guys, getting some open shots. Um that helps. Uh, we, we got to we got to the line a little bit more. Um, still not converting at the line, but um, we got them in foul trouble, so that opened up that defense a little bit more. So we found some shots and really helped us get back in the ball game. But uh, 42 second half points, 35 come from Lance and Marcus, so not much help other than those two. Uh, I think Brian said in the post game that they focused a little bit more to get um, Marcus some post ups and help help create for others, but. Yeah, um, another tough loss and tough one to swallow, uh, especially turn around. You got to play Drake tomorrow night. Yeah, for sure. We knew this was going to be a tough test. Then you're right on the percentage. Yeah, two of eleven they were from three. Eight of twenty-four from the from the floor overall. That's thirty-three uh, percent. So it ended up making their percentage about forty-four. But they went nineteen of twenty-three from the line. Only missed three in the second half. Uh, but look at that differential. They only shot five in the first half. We were down by 10. It seemed like the roof was falling. And then they shoot 18 in the second half, and we shot 13, and we went 9 of 13. But that just shows you, yeah, and A.J. went 11 for 12 from the line. He got half of his points there, ended up with 22, and Noah Carter had 17. So, you, I mean, Heisey had a quiet 11, it seemed like, and Burhau had only those two threes. But you could say that, obviously, uh, then compared to us, it was almost exact. 23 from Marcus, 20 from Lance, and 12 from Cash. It was really three guys that beat each other on each end. Like I said, five in his opportunities could have made it a bigger lead than he did. He missed it. He went two for five, and all those three misses uh, were right against the rim that he barely rimmed out. Um, so, yeah, you're right on t- in terms of we do rely on Marcus a lot. I mean, especially, and it's understandable. I mean, we uh, you know acknowledge the fact that he should be more – He's of the he's so big now that it, he should like, and we talked about how he's probably shoots the four less or the four least amount of threes, uh, or out of the four guys shoots the the least amount of threes of him, Cash, Lance, and uh, Steven. That he strictly posts now. We and we like I said, I we acknowledge the fact that he's able to get in the paint and you know create his own. Uh, think he went eight for twelve from the line tonight. I mean he's getting everything he wants in the paint to an extent even though it seemed like Burhau and Noah Carter were tough matchups because they're about his body weight and size, but he still fought. He took the benefit of the doubt four or five from the line. So, yeah, it is tough. And Lance would have had 17 if it wasn't for that half-court heave. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, this was a game, yeah, that you had to have more contributors, even though Dalton had five. You had guys still do their thing, even though Anthony, when he was in there, didn't play a whole lot. I don't have minutes in front of me. Six. So, when he is in there for six, he played good defense, so it gave us a chance to win, but he didn't get any opportunities on offense, even guys like that. So, and, and Troy had that contested layup, so you – and J.D., you know, I think when you talk about J.D., what, how many minutes did he end up with? Um, He played 10. 10, so it was, a, it was definitely a quiet 10. He was – I forgot who it was. I think it was him that was getting lucky on five, missing those three, but he had good contests, but five should have made him. So, other than that, J.D., 
did end on, you know, okay on defense and didn't score once again and kept with those six rebounds he had from the first half. So uh, you got to get more contributions from him, even though we know we're not going to get it offensively. But, you know, at times whenever they're needed per se or just how the game plays out, it's unfortunate again uh, that it is a Marcus and Lance-led uh, game uh, and the fact that, uh, you know, obviously being the main two guys, that that's what they have to do and, we, and we're going to live and die with uh, them doing that because we said they can go win this game or they'll lose this game. That's pretty much how the season is going on. Uh, so, yeah, I know, and we know Trent got in this game and played defense on AJ for a little bit and did pretty well, I'd say. We had Stephen was on him a lot. Lance was on him at the end of the game, and he did pretty well in there as well. So the only thing that really AJ did in the second half was make free throws. So, yeah, just one of those, like I said, the, the timely opportunities to score – when you don't and you turn it over, I mean, there was at least four straight possessions in the second half where we needed something when it was really close and didn't do anything with them, turn it over or had a bad shot. So no final thoughts on this, on this game. Yeah. Another, like I said, another tough one to swallow, but good news is you got, you got a game tomorrow night. You can bounce back. We talked about this team bounces back quickly. Um, important game going into this next stretch, uh, especially looking ahead to next week when you got to play Loyola twice in three days. So, um, especially overall-wise, looking at the standings, a uh, pretty big week, another good opportunity. Hopefully the crowd from last night enjoyed it enough to come back tomorrow night, and I'm sure they will because uh, I seen, I think I seen last night, late last night, that uh, we are leading the Valley in attendance so far. I'm glad, really glad you just said that because it just hit me. You know, when we watched the other Valley games, you know, they're getting broadcasted nationally or on ESPN Plus, or even obviously SIU's previous road games, Noah, the, the crowds are awful. I remember seeing Valparaiso's. They have a bigger gym than I think. They have those upper levels on the, on the sidelines. Awful crowd. Missouri State had an awful crowd. Evansville, obviously, they're not playing well. I doubt they have a good crowd. And they have the best arena in, in, the, in the conference. So, I, obviously, we have expectations here for crowds and obviously the heyday and obviously you know, Brian preaches and he's not lying. You know, it seems cliche, but how good the community is that we do show out. And I think we take it for granted because we expect it to be great. And we look around the valley that they're, you know, everywhere else is awful compared to ours. So we do have a good in that regard, even though we know we could, we're not going to even feel like, you know, expectations to sell out or, you know, shouldn't be there, but should have, definitely have big crowds and student section again, like I said, showed up yesterday and Brian did um, talk about the crowd. He said, uh, he said the, the fans rallying behind us gives you that extra motivation. And we just hit shots and got, and got stops during that run. Uh, him and Marcus agreed on that. So, and Brian even tweeted after the game and they posted a highlight of the game. So, you know, kind of like a loss you accept and you do, you just move on. And Brian said, we have to come back bounce back get right back at tomorrow and be ready to defend our home court on Monday night it's a huge game for us so definitely like I said another game and you take pride in being a good home team and I obviously I think the rest of the way we will especially games like that that some moments just don't go your way and we talked about how even Loyola's played close games where they're able to finish them out and even someone else tweeted about um, you know at some point you're going to end up you know you can only be great at the end of the game good or bad for so long before the opposite happens I think that could be the case for us. So definitely unfortunate. No, we are now two and two in conference. You and I with a, I'd say surprising, but like we said, we know we know the run that they've been on. They what won five straight, and they are now five and one in conference. So uh, does that mean that they they played five? They haven't had COVID pauses or like big big any at all. But did they play on December first, right? Who did they lose to on that? If, if they're five and one and won five Bradley. straight, so we know, and that was a close one. Or I don't recall exactly. It might have not been, but actually I can go back here. I'm on you and I's thing. Let me go to the round with Bradley on D-Set. They lost by, yeah, two. So you and I have been playing close games all throughout their season, it seems like, and they've dealt with a lot. So they're a good team, rightfully 5-1. and one. We're looking forward to what they got because they got uh, – they're at Valpo at their next game. So <clears throat> so now, Noah, like we said, let's give a quick – or let's talk about the, the game, the other games that were uh, yesterday – or previous, and we'll go through the standings again. Yeah, then Missouri State was on the road at Valpo. Um, they took care of business, 74-57. Um, no surprise, Isaiah Mosley, the player of the year, you can go ahead and give it to him. 
um, led the way with 32 points. Um, they pretty pretty easy game. It really wasn't close in that game at any point. I don't think. Then uh, Loyola, um, another bad start. Um, they're a worse starting team than we are. So, but uh, um, they're they're more built to chase points than we are. They can score a little bit more than better than we can. They have guys that can get buckets and when they need them. So Lucas Williamson uh, led led the way with 17. Yeah, you say that even everyone's talking about Bray Norris or Bray Norris's ability to finish games. He's a big part of that. Marquise Kennedy probably had his best offensive game. Uh, and you get guys, I mean, Hudson didn't score. I think Hudson's been kind of hit or miss so far this year. Uh, Ugak in 30 minutes only scored six points. You guys got Schweiger and Knight. They had some bench points, but not a whole lot. So they relied on Kennedy Norris and Williamson to, to create that comeback. And, you know, Indiana State, we know we, we'll see them on Wednesday. They had they played only eight guys again, but they definitely can fight. Cam Henry is definitely uh, a problem. Uh, he will end up, obviously, he'll be on the all-newcomer team. Uh, and he's a stud, and Josh has done a tremendous job. So can't wait to play them. They put up fights, and that is their first home loss of the season. Uh, you're right, Loyola is you know, a rough starting team. So, you know, you got to get them early and sustain it, but they're also good enough to work their way back in you said going back to Mosley I mean what's he averaging now if I want to get he averaged he's averaging 20 on the dot uh which seems odd because he's feel like he scored like a hundred something the last three games and it, it makes us think that you know looking just ahead quickly to next year in terms of you know we see Antonio Reeves and AJ Green rightfully so in their own rights you know kind of testing the NBA waters if Isaiah Mosley keeps this up wins player of the year they finish top two in the, in the conference or three there's no reason why he shouldn't leave. He's scoring 32 and 33 minutes, dominating, efficient shooting, everything. Five rebounds, four assists. NBA team's got to be knowing who he is. Gage Pram with 10 and 7 and 5. Didn't shoot all that well. So we know they'll be good the rest of the way. We just saw him recently. So now I know what the standings look like. Yeah, looking at the standings now, it's uh, a lot different than when we looked at them now. But uh, at the top still, you got Loyola at 4-0. Um, that'll even out as I go with more games. Uh, Northern Iowa five and one now at second place. Uh, Drake three and one. Missouri State four and two, and we're still at five, so two and two. So if you look at the preseason polls, um, top fours, um, top fours, all the teams that we thought, then we're here. We are at five, and right behind us, Bradley at two and three. Illinois State at one and two, who plays on Marquee Sports Network tonight at seven. If anybody wants to check into that game, because we play Bradley this week. Um, then Indiana State at one and three, Valpo's dug their hole at one and five. Then uh, not sure if they'll win a game. Evan still zero and four. It's unreal though. Valpo's five and five at home. Everyone else is, and Evans was three and three, but everyone else is really good at home. And obviously, like I mean, Drake's ten and zero. I mean, Loyola's on a nine-game winning streak. It seems like they've obviously been funneling, but they're doing just fine. So, yeah, and you're right. It's almost exact of what the preseason was. We said those top four, and then we said, yeah, us and Bradley maybe and Valpo right behind. Some things are different there at the bottom. Definitely Illinois State surprising some people. So, yeah, so it's showing that a lot of these teams aren't good. So if you have the chance to play at home the rest of the way, teams got to win that because a lot of teams are good there and awful on the road. So that's enough that you said the game uh, that's – uh, tonight, who else is playing tonight? Is that it? That is it. Then I will mention um, last night, Murray State took down Belmont, the two future Valley schools. So um, it was a fun game to watch, interesting matchup, and uh, I'm sure they'll see each other a couple times. If they think they play one more time at Belmont, then uh, then they will probably see each other over in Evansville at the Ford Center in the championship. Without a doubt, we're looking at the fact that they're going to have maybe two at or two uh, bids to the NCAA tournament to Ohio Valley. Yeah, Murray, they killed them. You know, they beat them by 22 at Belmont. I'm sure they shot the lights out. Let me look at the stats of that game. Yeah, they shot 56% from three, 14 of 25. And overall, and uh, Belmont could not match them in that regard from three. So we know Belmont's a quality team, clearly, and I'm sure they've been great at home over the Casey Alexander's career. But that's just the team Murray's going to be. That's how they beat Memphis was shooting the ball. And, uh, oh, boy, uh, uh, Justice Hill dominated. He had 36, Tevin Brown 18. So they're quality, and they played a lot of guys. Granted, they did because of the butt whooping. But um, they got some players, and hopefully they keep – well, I say hopefully just in terms of 
beating a good team like that next year if they keep a lot of those guys. Justice Hill will be back, but Tevin Brown will be up in the air. And Belmont's got that good big that uh, probably will not return either. So definitely, like I said, they're both probably going to go to the NCAA tournament. So it's great. And getting them in our conference makes it even, even better, as we know. So uh, now, Noah, as we know, we play Drake tomorrow. This was a huge, huge, it's a huge, huge game. We knew uh, how big yesterday's game was in terms of this getting Drake. Uh, but there's some things on them, and obviously we talked about their injuries that they've been dealing with, but they've been chugging along quietly. Now let's get into the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, who struggled, uh, we all thought could have a chance in that large bid. Um, we know they have uh, – they lost a couple – lost a guy in the in – the, in the off season with Joseph Yusefu, we thought Io Kinwale could replace a little bit of that, but uh, not much from there. You got their their four star recruit and the coach's son Tucker DeVries leading the way, thirteen point two points a game. Um, he's averaging five rebounds. I believe he is like fifteenth uh, in scoring in the league. Um, so he is going to be a problem. Um, for three more years after this year. Then Roman Penn, who's been battling, only played 10 games this year, averaging about 10 a game. Um, Tramel Murphy, who had a great start to the year, still averaging 10, is a guy to watch out for. Then a guy that feels like he's been in the league for a, a lot longer than he has is Garrett Sturts, averaging 9.9 a game, and he is um, third in rebounding the league, seven rebounds a game. So um, he's doing it all off the bench for them. He's only started five games for them. Then DJ Wilkins. Um, Shanquan Hemphill, who did not play the other night. That'll be interesting to see if he'll be in the starting lineup. And then Dornell Brody, who hasn't been as big as we thought he could be for them, only only averaging seven and a half points a game, only playing about 18 a game. So um, looking at it overall, uh, I know the other night they started De, uh, DeVries, Penn, Murphy, Wilkins, and Brody. So that'll be interesting matchup-wise to see how it goes. Um, if the, if Hemphill's back, if he's playing, do we go small to match him or do we start big as well? But, uh, yeah, I'm not too worried if we stay big because Hemphill's not a big outside guy. I think JD's mobile enough to probably stay with him. But uh, this is a big test. Uh, it's a big game for us to not only protect our home court, which we failed to do last night, but to get back on the right track because uh, going into this stretch of games, this three-game week, um, really need to win this one. For sure, and you mentioned uh, Tank. Yeah, he didn't play. I'm assuming it's kind of dealing with that injury. We know COVID obviously is a factor for and been affecting a lot of people. So, yeah, you're right. Brody's been kind of off the bench. He's been starting. They've been kind of going with their own kind of UNI-style uh, lineup, which is a threat because arguably that's their five best players on the floor. And, yeah, Sturts it will continue to be a problem. He'll be a tough matchup. And you're right, because we talked earlier about, you know, if, if Brody starts, obviously J.D. plays, and we could even maybe keep, because we think they'll keep the lineup the same no matter what throughout the rest of the year probably. I know it seems like a possible Troy game as well, just like yesterday seemed like it, and at times was, that uh, uh, if they go with that lineup, that you're right, especially if he's dealing with that kind of injury that J.D. could stay in front of him. We even said if Marcus had to guard him, he could because he's not 100%. We might not see him. I don't know if you've seen anybody, obviously, covering the team. If they've said his status, that might be a tomorrow thing. Uh, but he definitely isn't the same, but he's obviously still, uh, you know, impact definitely, and you're right, not really outside, but in the paint. Um, and, yeah, Tucker Breeze is leading in the points. You know, Roman Penn's dealing with that injury as well, but it's not really affecting him. And Murphy, Wilkins, and uh, – uh, who am I forgetting here? DeVries. Or DeVries, or whoever their other seniors – and I was going to mention that, you know, the fact that they have so many seniors, we know the COVID has an extra year for some of them if need be. Uh, but if they lose a lot of their guys and those top six guys outside of DeVries leave, that the kind of wipe slate clean they could have. They could bring in guys, but it, it's crazy that the amount of people that they will lose. And we know last year was kind of like that for them before COVID year became a thing that it was a, uh, you know, a must a must win season. And they did. They got to the tournament granted by Yesifu leading the way, but it's not one of those seasons because you never know. Because Roman Penn, they said he's going to play through because he doesn't know what his future holds. He doesn't know if he's going to return. So, um, you know, they're definitely in win-now mode this season, going all out for their seniors. So it's interesting that they're going to – we're going to get their best. Obviously, they're going to play injured and, you know, fight. Because, like I said, this is maybe their last go-around with that group. 
Uh, yeah, we're, we were thinking of matchups in general. Tucker DeVries, that'll be a wait and see. I could see that being a cash. And you could flip a coin, really, as soon as Dalton or Trent get in the game for how good that Wilkins and Penn and uh, all those guys are. It'll be a fun game. And they finally have a spread and an over-under for us. It was about what you and I was yesterday around game time. It was about one-point favorite the road team is. So Drake's a one-point favorite, and the over-under is about 130 and a half. Uh, we'll get to our picks here in a second. Going into some, some quick stats. They score about 75 a game, which is a huge number. We score about 66. Uh, they allow about 65 exactly. So it's about what we average. Uh, and they allow about, or and they, or they, once again, we allow about 61. Field goal percentage, they are about 46. We're about the exact same 46. Rebounds, they get four more a game than us. Assists, we average more, barely about 0. 0.4, 12.5, 12 12.9. 12 uh, blocks, they barely have more than us. And then steals, they average almost seven a game. So definitely an all-around good team, athletic team. Like I said, they're full of about it. That's about his experience of a team. I'm pretty sure if DeVries said at the beginning of the year, someone asked him that Drake might be the oldest team in the country. Uh, I think that's definitely a big possibility. They're definitely in the top five, I would say if we found out that stat. So, yeah, their only loss recently came against uh, at Missouri State, yeah, by five on the second. So, other than that, they've won four of the last five. And, like I said, they're quietly, you know, having a great season. And they are 12-5 and five on the season. Now, what other stats you got? Yeah, you said you mentioned uh, they're, they're one of the oldest teams in the country. I remember them playing in their tournament game last year. Said they, they said at that time they were older than three NBA teams. I know they mentioned the Knicks in one of those, so no telling how many NBA teams they're older than now. So uh, a very veteran-led team. Um, if Hempel's back, um, uh, just another another weapon in their arsenal to use. So uh, um, they are a good free-throw shooting team, shooting about 74% from the line. So um, they allow 64 points a game, so that's around around our average. Uh, so it's going to be – we only we uh they uh, they score seventy five like you said so um, see if we can hunt hold them under their mark um, it's going to be a really another battle tested game um, so they allow thirty six percent from the three point line on defense so we know we live by the three and uh, yeah it's going to be a good game I'd like to see what D J Wilkins does against us uh, Roman Penn's finally coming back in form. I know Tucker DeVries is climbing the charts for most three points baskets in a in a season by a freshman. He just uh, passed uh, Ravante Rice and Clayton Corver, Kyle Corver's brother. Um, so he's climbing that list. So and they're ranked 16th in the CollegeInsider.com mid-major top 25. So um, another battle tested, another tested matchup tomorrow night. It's going to be a big one. We got to have it going into this week. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing, I don't know if you have a, the full team stats, how many turnovers do they average? Because I feel like they're a team that will not turn it over with that experience. You might not see that compared to how you saw against you with you and I in Missouri State. I don't know if you have that stat. I'm just curious in general because I doubt they'll turn it over a whole lot. Uh, they're averaging about 11 a game. Okay. I mean, we're, they're forcing we're, about 13. Okay, yeah. Well, I think we're around that number. I mean, like per yeah. game, like 11 to 13, which is ironic. So. They will turn it over, but like that experience will make it to where maybe they don't. Uh, it, it's incredible how old this team is. That's funny. I remember you saying that or hearing that about them and the Knicks. <clears throat> That's crazy. So it's about as good as it gets, and they are on a five-day rest. So they've had a lot of idle time since they beat Illinois State last Wednesday, it says, and they're 6-1 this month. So they will be nice and rested uh, compared to us, obviously, if you're dealing with a lot. But that's – that's kind of battle test to be want to be in. It's great being at home. We mentioned even when these games got postponed with them and Loyola, that it's glad that they got postponed, you know, moved at our place. Not like we have to travel to them. So we've looked out in that regard and we got to take advantage of it. Uh, Drake swept us last year <clears throat> by an average, yeah, 25, 24 and a half points per game. We recall because Marcus barely played in that series, if at all. Uh, don't recall exactly. Was got right hurt in the first game. In the first game, didn't play in the second. And all hell broke loose. But since 09, Noah, they're 7-4 and four at our place. So, uh, again, always tough. DeVries has done an incredible job. And even, oh, boy, it's at Colorado State. Like, he left it in good hands for DeVries to be able to build it to what he is. And like I said, this is kind of like win-now mode uh, for them with how experienced they were. Coming off of that, what, that playing game last year and then getting USC, and that was a tough matchup for them. So they're riding high. That was a two-bit uh, Valley League. 
and I don't think we'll get one this year. And Loyola's built up a case, but if one of these other teams win the Valley uh, tournament, it's it's possible. Like we said the Ohio Valley's done it, so why can't we? So it'll be it will be a fun game. Now let's get into our picks. Uh, like I said, they're one point favorites and one thirty. What do you got on those? Yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup. I think uh, I think there's no way we drop two at home in a row. They've struggled on the road. If you go back and look, they've only played like three true road games. One was at Nebraska Omaha. Um, struggled in that game. Had to battle back late to win by eight. Um, they lost by lost by five at Missouri State. Um, then they then they then they went over to Evansville and struggled and had to battle back and win by one in that one. So I think there's no way we lose two in a row two in a row at home. We have to protect this house and uh, the dog pound should be back in full full capacity. Hopefully tomorrow night again to get a big ro- or big home win to get us back on track going into this week. So it's a it's basically a pick 'em at plus one minus one. So um, give me the dogs and I'll take the under. Yeah, because if we want to play defense like we know, and they got some size to them. So it is, I'll stick with the under as well, even though the game didn't look like it was going to hit yesterday, but then it got ahead. I don't even know if it hit or not. I don't remember. So uh, looking at DeBreeze though real fast, he's shooting about 38%. So it seems like what AJ is, kind of that streaky shooter and scorer. If you give him the four shots, you can take advantage. And he's only a 73% free throw shooter, which obviously better than a lot of us. But being the scorer he is, he's, he's got to improve on that. He's only a freshman. He will get even better. Uh, I agree with you. It is a you know flip of the coin in terms of that. I'll pick us as well. And like I said, with the I'll I'll say around the under as well. With hopefully how this can go, Noah. So pretty much already gave your final thoughts there. Some quick. What do you got quickly on some final thoughts? Yeah, quickly final thoughts. Um, like I said, it's a it's there's no way we're gonna drop two in a two in a row at home. Um, like I said, they've struggled on the road. We've been really good at home all under Brian and mostly under anybody. Um, so let's continue with this lead, this, um, this Valley leading attendance. Let's get back out there. I think it's right over 4,300. I think the next closest Missouri state at right around 36. So, um, got a big lead. Let's go back out there, pack, pack the pound again, um, get another win. So, uh, we can stay in the top five in the Valley and continue on the success. Cause we know we can finish higher than five where we were picked. And, uh, we know we got we know we got the team to do it. It's always going to be a tough, tough game in the Valley. Um, we know we're not going to, they're not going to quit. So hopefully we can find, fix those things. Maybe we can put a full, if it's not, if it's not 40, maybe put a good 35 minutes together. So um, do something because we got to make some adjustments. Maybe it's a lineup. We didn't talk about this, but maybe it's a lineup switch. Uh, maybe it's something else, but uh, yeah, like we said, this team bounces back always and it's a quick turnaround. So a great opportunity to bounce back even faster. Yeah, I think this team's tired of playing these close games. And even Marcus said at the end of the game that he's, you know, hopefully we can flip-flop one of these close games into a win. Uh, and we're expecting every Valley game from here on out to be close, especially with a team like Drake. So it will be fun. Yeah, I think they're giving out stuff again for the game tomorrow. Uh, and students are back filling in the student section. So it will be a fun one. It'll be a tough one. And we said we wanted to go at least two and one in these three games, but we already got one loss. So we're hoping we can knock these first two out before Noah, as we know, we'll be headed to Bradley, tough place to play. And then we get Loyola for two in a row. So this is almost win now territory without a doubt. Like I said, it'll be tough. And Indiana State, we like our chances. We know they're tough as well. So we got to get these Bulldogs tomorrow night. So for Nick Malone, no alerts. We'll see you guys very, very soon.